The Longbox Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode, it's 2010 versus 2016. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hit. Welcome to Action Film Face-Off, the show where two random years are selected. My brother will bring an action film from one of those random years, while I will bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of this episode. But let me introduce one of your hosts, my brother, U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Yes, indeed. And we are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are story, overall spectacle, best action scene, the hero, and the villain. And then there will be the deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. That is a prescription for danger. A.K.A. Death Probe. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Now, before our two films enter our Video Dome arena to battle for your pleasure, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that are now entered into our quarterly drawings to win free swag that may include but is not limited to. Man, we've given away a bunch of stuff. We've given away comic art. We've given away prints, comics. Sometimes those comics are autographed by creators. We've given away a bunch of trading cards, action figures, lunch boxes, appearances on the Longbox show, DVDs, CDs, these nuts. The list just goes on and on and on. These folks also enjoy discounts from my online art store, which is theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com, and they get early access to special Longbox Crusade Network episodes, and we have dropped a bunch of those lost episodes that our Crusaders Club members get to listen to early. So these are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being I will kick it off with Dave Collins. Blast it or stash it. Gene Hendricks. Ivan the Collector. Ivor Evans. Big Joe Thomas. Maxwell Traver. I can't remember the next guy. Oh, wait, it's Mr. Lobotomy. I've got Ross Michaud, Canadian Daredevil, Canadian Kingpin. You decide. Ronald Went. Bob Busta Busta. Steve Cronin the Barbarian. Samantha Maney. And the Toronto Cop. I wonder if he knows Chubbins or Sweetums. I don't know. Hey, I got a little complaint, Jared. Uh Uh-oh. How come these 15 people get to listen to these lost episodes before even I get to listen to these lost episodes? Well, it's because you're not a Crusaders Club member. (laughs) Gosh darn. (laughs) We want to let you, remember? (laughs) 
And he's lying, folks. He has access to them in our shared folders. Don't listen to him. <laughs> now, if we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know if we missed you by sending us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, Jason, what are you asking yourself? Why won't you let me be a member <laughs> of this club? I, what do I got to do? It's not the question I wanted you to ask. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. How do I become a Crusader Club member? Well, it's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. So you should come check it out. A dollar a month, man. I'd pay a dollar a month to listen to Action Film Face-Off, but your dollar gets you Action Film Face-Off and Longbox Crusade, Crusader Chronicles, Saturday Matinee Theater, Transformers Chronicles, Comics to Console Crusade. I mean, what more can we do? <laughs> What do we have to do? Give us your dollar. <laughs> Just give us a dollar. <laughs> Oh, anyway, back oh, to you. Thank you, Jared. I guess it's just this all brick work ethic. That's what keeps us plugging along here. Well, let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 2010, and I have selected The Expendables, starring Sylvester Stallone. What year did the randomizer select for you? I got 2016, so I'm putting into our video dome arena, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, starring that crazy mf or Tom Cruise. <laughs> Unicorn blood. <laughs> Unicorn blood. Well, that is one fine matchup, folks. And I know it says that in my script, but as I read that, I can't help but think of like Barney Ross in a physical fisticuffs fight against Jack Reacher. And I would like to see that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. They could do Expendables 4, right? And get Tom Cruise and Expendables 4. 100%. I love it. Now, it's important to point out that this is an A. Jared versus Jason show. We each had to select from our assigned year. So I might very well like his selection better than mine or vice versa. This is just all about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. So let me jump in with some quick info on 2010's The Expendables. They are the world's greatest mercenaries. The only life they've ever known is war. The only loyalty they've ever had is to each other. Put the four on the left. Why don't you take the two on the right and leave the rest? You're not that fast anymore. Oh, here we go. The only thing faster is... Light. Exactly. We'll see. Well, I got three pieces of work. Two will walk in the park and one to hell and back. So, we are working for the agency. I gotta recon this island first. The only thing you need to know is the job's real and the money's real. Give this job to my friend here. He loves playing in the jungle. Right? Right. What's his problem? Was that the contact? Follow me, please. People who fight back are killed. Now we have a dying place. Maybe you can help. I don't think so. How you I'd leave. What's wrong with this picture? Everything. We don't have the manpower, the firepower. We'd be dead in the water. Great. They got a small army. What do we got? Four and a half men. <laughs> not so funny. You know, it's not easy being your friend. We will kill this American disease. I promised myself I want to die for something counts. People live for terrible times, but you must believe you can survive. 
10 seconds, you won't believe what's gonna happen. What happened to you? Got my ass kicked. Your cast and crew are as follows. It stars a whole mess of people. You guys know this already. Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Eric Roberts, Terry Crews, Randy Couture, Steve Austin, Mickey Rourke, and Giselle Itier. Itier? I don't know. That hot Hispanic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the one lady that was in the film. (laughs) Yeah. Directed by John Milius, who was just on last episode as the director of Conan. This cat gets around and directs some excellent movies. Yeah, you know, I have really heard of him i mean i've seen these movies a lot but i guess i haven't paid attention to, yeah i'm starting to get a lot of respect for john milius here. yeah same here same here uh, your basic synopsis it's a group of mercenaries mostly with hearts of gold and they take on a mission to remove a south american dictator and lots of things get blown up and lots of people get killed something something love interest for jason statham something something betrayal by dolph lundgren's character you get the point so the interesting trivia i have for this episode well in a bit of personal trivia i saw this movie in the theater with fellow Longbox Crusade host Delvin the Darkweb Williams. <laughs> but on to actual trivia. Sylvester Stallone poured his heart and soul and body into this film, folks. He sustained 14 injuries making this movie, including a broken tooth. He ruptured his ankle and he got a hairline fracture in his neck that required the surgical insertion of a metal plate. He also had bronchitis during shooting. And oh, by the way, he got the shingles during shooting. And oh, by the way, he was next to one of those explosive devices for effects, went off way too soon. And had there not been a backpack between him and that effect, he says he probably would have lost his leg. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He had like young man injuries and old man injuries. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. You got me. (laughs) Oh, man. He got hit hit from all sides. All angles. All right. Factoid 2. Mickey Rourke said that he did this film as a favor to Sylvester Stallone, who years earlier, when Rourke's career was in a slump, offered him a major role in the film Get Carter from 2000, and he actually helped pay part of Rourke's salary for that film out of his own pocket. That's a friend right there. That's taking care of a friend in need, man. Just as a side note, a lot of people... Poo poo on the Get Carter. I like that film, and I don't care who knows it. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw the Sylvester Stallone version. I like it, but I have not seen the Michael Caine version. So, see, I think I've seen the Michael Caine version, but not the Sylvester Stallone. What we need to do is get the years to match up <laughs> yes, right here. Years <laughs> <laughs> on the two thousand. What's the other one? Seventy something, I think. All right, spoiler alert, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the randomizer may be picking seventy something <laughs> in two thousand. <laughs> Tampering with the randomizer. All right, one last factoid. Sylvester Stallone's character is named after a real person named Barney Ross, who was a world welterweight boxing champion who joined the United States Marine and was awarded the Silver Star and the Purple Heart for his actions at Guadalcanal. Salute and respect for that. Yes, I did not know that. That is really cool. 
cool. You know what's funny is when I hear the name Barney Ross during the movie, it, it was like, that name sounds familiar. And now I know why. It's from United States Marine Corps history, and that is super freaking cool. I thought it was kind of funny because most of the guys had these kind of comical, almost code names like Hail Caesar and Toll Road, <laughs> Ying Yang. And uh, then there was Barney Ross. And I was like, that's kind of unimaginative. <laughs> <laughs> but here we find but, out it's a respect. Yeah. Yeah. Barney Ross. Okay, that jumps right to the top for me. All right. Well, now I will give you the rundown on 2016's Jack Reacher Never Go Back. The hell happened here? There's a fight. One guy took them all down with his bare hands. He's still in there. Turn around, mister. Let me see your hands. Slowly. Aggravated assault is a felony in this state, Mr. Reacher. Process him and get him to county. Two things are going to happen in the next 90 seconds. Excuse me? First, that phone over there is going to ring. Second, you're going to be wearing these cuffs on your way to prison. (laughs) Well, that is one magnificent prophecy, Mr. Reacher. Just gonna keep on ringing. Thanks for tipping us off to that sheriff. When are you coming to DC? I move around a lot. You're a legend. Folks wonder why you left. Purple Heart, Silver Star. There's this big dent in the desk. People say you made it with someone's head. Jack Reacher for Major Turner. Major Turner's been arrested. On what charge? Espionage. He's been set up. How much does Reacher know? How's it going? I don't want being followed. You think you're invulnerable. That's right. Maybe I rip your arm off and beat you to death with it. I'm sorry about this. Richard? You're here to kill you. My men were shot by one of our own. This is bigger than I imagined. You ever lose anyone on your watch, Reacher? You think you're above the law, but I'm not the law, so you should start running, because I'm going to start hunting, and when I find you, I'm going to kill you all. It's a haircut. All you guys go to the same barber? film stars Tom Cruise and Kobe Smulders and some other folks, but they don't really matter. <laughs> it was directed by Edward Swick. The gist of the story is that the ever-mobile Jack Reacher stumbles on an insidious conspiracy between high-level army officers and a private security corporation. When his friend is framed by the co-conspirators and he starts poking around, old Jack finds himself framed for murder. Using his wits and his incredible fighting skills, Jack rescues his buddy Major Turner, played by Kobe Smulders, and they begin their quest to hunt down and take out the bad guys. Oh, and he also teams up with a teenager that may or may not be his daughter i didn't really understand it we'll get into it more as we talk about it <laughs> we will discuss the boat anchor of that movie <laughs> yes that was whew, that was a drag shoot right there 
But anyway, before we get to that, let's talk a little trivia. So I thought it was interesting. So Kobe Smulders, a.k.a. Maria Hill, used those shield skills to perform her own stunts in the movie. In the film, an APB describes Reacher as a white man in his 40s. In fact, Tom Cruise was well into his 50s when this movie was filmed. Unicorn blood, yo. (laughs) Unicorn blood. The unicorn blood, man. That dude, ah, man, whatever he's doing, I need to do it. That's that's all there is to it. So you remember that sheriff at the beginning of the film who was arrested and was identified as being from Alexandria, Virginia? This is an homage to actor Jason Douglas, who played that sheriff, his role on The Walking Dead. and the television series, he played a character from a settlement called Alexandria that was in Virginia. And I'm going to break all kinds of rules tonight and add a bit of trivia to your movie. Uh-oh. <laughs> the TSA agent at the airport was played by Lee Child, the guy who writes the books, the Jack Reacher books. Oh, was he? Yep. Oh, nice. And I think he cameoed in the first one too, but I can't remember where, but I'm almost positive he did. But he's cameoed in both of them, I'm pretty sure, and I know he was the TSA agent and never go back. I hope he's listening to this show because I have some suggestions. For <laughs> yeah, just, you know, take your experience in writing 14 or 15 of these novels and then take the suggestions of Action Film Face Off, churn those together and see what you can do. <laughs> I think I can make those books a little better. <laughs> Listen up, Lee. I know you're listening. (laughs) All right. More to follow. Now, I need you guys to start with the goosebumps, the tingle up your spine, because now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Here we are in our video dome arena. A couple of pretty good little films. We're gonna do round one, and round one is the story, so let's get to it. In round one, we talk about how engaging and original is the story. So, Jason, lead us off with the expendables and your thoughts on the story. Well, Jared, I think we can both agree that the story was pretty basic, but it was effective. Move the plot along, throw some bad guys, kill some bad guys, throw some more bad guys, kill some more bad guys, and it was fun. The story was really focused on Stallone and Statham's characters, but I thought that all of the characters got good bits. I would assume it would be very difficult to make sure that everybody got some meat at the table, but it seemed like they all had good scenes within the movie. It seemed like the writers really didn't know where they were going with the story, or just kind of were making it up as they went along. <laughs> yes. I, I was really kind of like the whole Dolph Lundgren, he betrays him, then he doesn't betray him, and then you know he, he was shot, and I thought he died, but then he didn't die. That was kind of jarring to me, but overall I thought the movie was fun. Like I said, if I had to sum it up, simple but effective. What did you think, Jared? You hit it just right. Simple, effective, I guess the only thing I'll add is sometimes confusing. I'm like, all right, we're going to get the dictator guy who's maybe not really such a bad guy. Eric Roberts, maybe he's the bad guy. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, the general really had me like, "Ah, well, we'll get to that when we talk about the villains. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get into that. So the story of Expendables, I don't have anything to expand on. Let's go to Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. What's your thoughts on the story there? So the story was a little more complex in Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. I thought it was a good mystery. And although I enjoyed the military connections, there were some things that kind of bothered me about it. Like deduction I, round kind of things? or. <laughs> Yeah, I think they are more deduction round kind of things. I'm looking I, forward to this. 
I'll go into a little more in the deduction round, but it led me to wonder. I actually read one of the Jack Reacher stories. I can't remember which one, but he goes to the UK. And I was reading it. I didn't know who Lee Childs was. I didn't know anything about the author. And as I was watching this film, in between that and the book, number one, I was like, eh, you know, the characters don't really seem to match up. I was bothered in both because coming from the army, I know something about MPs, and MPs don't do this stuff that Jack Reacher does. The Criminal Investigation Division does the stuff that Jack Reacher does. So, for example, like if you're in the army, right, mm -hmm. the MPs will get the call for like, you know, the division commanders, like some soldier took a shit in my pool, right? <laughs> I need to sort it out. Are you speaking from any kind of experience, or is this just... I, I heard. That's stuff I heard, <laughs> Okay. Somebody told me. And the weapon smuggling, international connections, that's handled by the Criminal Investigation Division. So I looked up Lee Child, and I was like, this is a British guy. He doesn't know shit about DMPs. <laughs> so that kind of tainted my story experience. I didn't know he was British. Yeah. And apparently, he didn't really Google anything that DMPs did. <laughs> so I was from the get-go going like why is tom cruise even doing this like this is not <laughs> remotely accurate so i'm laying all that out there saying tan my score somewhat <laughs> okay okay go ahead. i'm gonna just say one more thing i know i'm running long but i did not like the daughter angle and i didn't understand how they resolved it like how he got accused of being the father of the daughter in the first place did she like pick his name out of a hat mm -hmm, yeah yeah <laughs> same, question. Hey, same I, question i didn't i might have missed something but i didn't understand it maybe no. you can fill it in no, I don't think you did because I had that question after the first time I watched the film. And of course, I watched it for the second time just a few days ago to prep for this. And I was like, how did she pick him? How did it land on him? And I never did get answered. I specifically looked for that the second time around. So no, you're not wrong. I thought he at least knew the woman, right? I thought that, mm, nope. that, that <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I, I give up, man. I just give up. Well, first thing I want to mention is that I was a captain in the Air Force, and I was a flight commander, and uh, one time somebody shit in my pool. That was me. <laughs> I called the MPs. They said, this is a CID problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but anyways, I agree with you. Uh, the overall assessment of the story is a bit more complex. It is a pretty good mystery. It was a fun ride to take. I did find the daughter to be a distraction, but I definitely felt like, okay, they made a film from the novel, and I bet that was the subplot that ran through the novel. And I get that. But if you're not really going to dedicate any time to giving us real answers, don't give or us that point. subplot. Yeah. Just served to be kind of annoying, and I'll talk about that in my deduction round, I guarantee you. But rest assured, folks, when it comes to my score, I am not factoring in my annoyance with that character into the score. I'm looking strictly at the story and how engaging it was. And speaking of scoring, guess what we're going to do now? We're going to score it. We're going to score it. Let's go back to the Expendables on a scale of 1 to 10. And I want to remind all of our listeners that 5 means it's average. 5 means it's good. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's kind of like what you'd see on a pretty good TV show in the 80s kind of a plot line. So if it gets a 5, that's not necessarily bad. So calibrating for that, what did you score the Expendables 1? one to 10 on its storyline. Well, I'm really glad you gave that lead in because I gave it a five. Okay, fair enough. I gave it a six with a question mark. <laughs> 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 so I was like, eh... 
Okay, it is what it is. I got you. I wouldn't balk at that five. I gave it a six, probably just out of the fact that I was giddy to see all those actors together at the same time. Doesn't really affect the story, but I do what I want. Respect. <laughs> so let's go over to Jack Reacher part two. What'd you give it on the one to 10 scale? Had to give it a little bit more of an edge. I did like the mystery thriller aspect of it. I know I nitpicked it at the beginning with my thoughts, but overall I thought the story was pretty good. So I landed on a six. Six, and I guess I'm just the more generous brother by one point in this round because I gave it a seven. All right. Well, we're right about there. We're right about there. So that is the end of round one. Let's roll into round two. So in round two, we're going to talk about the hero. How cool is the hero? Or heroes in some cases. (laughs) Some of them have an abundance. Yes. Just a plethora of heroes. (laughs) All right, let's talk Expendables. How cool are the heroes and Expendables, Jared? The heroes and Expendables are all very cool, but it's almost its own worst enemy because we get a movie like Conan, which we've done, or like a Dirty Harry movie, which we've done, or Black Panther, and these are all strong, cool heroes you're on board with. Here we get a bunch of heroes, but that also means we're thinning out their depth. So none of them are terribly deep, but they're all cool and fun, and they all have their own interesting quirks. So Barney Ross, I think, was a pretty cool leader, fun to watch. I always like Stallone. I'm a sucker for Stallone. I'm not going to lie. Jason Statham in there doing the knife thing. You had Hail Caesar with the automatic shotgun. Randy Couture, Jet Li. So there's a lot to like, but there's not a lot of depth to the heroes. So look for that when it comes to my score. But let's get your thoughts. I couldn't help but think back to the 80s when Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger just owned the action screen like every summer Mm -hmm. and it was always oh Stallone's in Rambo 2 and Schwarzenegger's in Terminator and all this great stuff that was going on and I remember at one point in time in an interview with one of them they were asked will you ever be in a movie together and they're like no man you know (laughs) they were diehard competitors so when I saw Schwarzenegger walk into that church with Bruce Willis (laughs) and Sylvester Stallone I uh Got a little excited, Jared. I got <laughs> it was a come together moment. Whether I, you're yeah, a fan of action of films, eye. you might be a fan of the Planet Hollywood food franchise. <laughs> Either oh, way, man. <laughs> and even though he wasn't in it for long, you know, Schwarzenegger wasn't in it for long. Like his presence, like, oh, this is about to get real, man. You have Stallone, you have Statham, you've got Jet Li. All these really cool action heroes from different parts of the generation, all kind of these aging heroes, but in just fantastic shape, giving it all they got, obviously having a ton of fun mm-hmm. on the yes. screen. Yes. There's great chemistry there. Tip of the hat to Mickey Rourke, who really didn't have the action scene in there. And I didn't know the backstory until you revealed your trivia nuggets, but I thought he really brought some depth and emotion to what was otherwise just a popcorn action film. So overall, I thought it was just a great balance. And you know all those folks have these big egos, but you really didn't get that feeling there. You just felt like they were all having a good time, and I loved it. I remember one of the first comments that Delvin made when we came out of the theater when we watched this together in 2010 was about that, was about the egos. He was like, this is a movie where you could tell these guys are having fun, and I mean, Stallone's running this whole thing, and he says the line himself in the movie that he guys 
kicked by Steve Austin. You know, there was it was just wasn't a lot of pride. There wasn't like these, I got to have a huge heroic moment where I defeat this guy and prove my manlyhood over this guy. Like everyone had a moment. Nobody felt like they stepped on anybody else. It was a really good balance. So yeah, I'm signing on on that. Egos were checked at the door, obviously. Mm. All right. So I think we talked about Expendables enough. Let's uh, roll back over here and go forward in time a little bit to 2016 and talk about Tom Cruise. What did you think of the hero of Jack Reacher, Never Go Back? Well, I remember seeing the first movie and being really surprised at how much I liked it. And I remember being excited about the second movie and enjoying it as well. I think the character of Jack Reacher is a very, very good character. Last time I checked, there was like, I think, 14 novels. There's probably more than that now because it's been a while since I checked on that. So it's an enduring character. And I have done one on audiobook and I enjoyed that as well. So I'm really quite taken with the character of Jack Reacher. He's going to get a strong score from me. And it didn't hurt at all that he was teamed up with the very appropriately named Kobe Smolders because she straight up smolders, man. I, guess- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking, I was like, what does Kobe mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, that- <laughs> All right. Aside from the superficial, I was really impressed with her doing her own stunts. I liked her character. She was strong and interesting and was a really good balance for Tom Cruise. So we had two good leads in that movie. So I got good feelings for Jack Reacher. Never go back and its characters. Uh, What do you got? Well, number one, again, we've mentioned it before, but it bears repeating that Tom Cruise is just like a ball of freaking energy, man. The energy and vitality he brings to the screen, just incredible, Mm. especially at his age. I mean, he looks literally like he's 20 years younger than he actually is. And Colby Smolders, too. She was no slouch, man. She was in there mixing it up. There were some tense action scenes with her as well. Yep. I think some of the lines that they were given were a little clunky and delivered a little stiff. That's kind of why one negative. But, you know, I just got to give it up for Tom Cruise as well. I've heard on the radio and seen in the social media that there's been this push to have him replaced in the movie because he's not physically as described in the book. Mm-hmm. Man, I think that's a mistake, man. I mean, I yep. guess, you know, if you're a purist and you really want that, but I mean, there's a lot of different actors of different physical sizes that have played like James Bond, you know? So I think you can make some allowances and they've got a really good physical actor with a lot of charisma playing the hero right now. You know, I've never produced a movie in my life, but if it were me, I wouldn't rock the boat, especially in the movies that are as successful successful as they are. Yeah, just for our listeners out there, if you're not familiar with Jack Reacher from the books, one of his defining characteristics from the books is he's big. Like, he's over six feet, muscle-bound. He's a giant of a man. Obviously, Tom Cruise isn't. He's a smaller guy, but very fit. So, that's where Jason's going with that. And I agree with you, Jason. It's a departure from the book purist, but man, charisma wins in the end. <laughs> yeah, but you know they're going to get the rock to play the part, right? So <laughs> you, know who, you know who I thought of when I when I actually, because I came to the books after I seen the first movie, I found an audiobook and listened to it. And who I pictured after hearing the description there was Ray Stevenson from Punisher Warzone. Oh, like, that's not a bad like, call. That's what I saw in my head. But I'm totally cool with the Jack Reachers. But anyway, we're diverging. I think we're supposed to be doing something. Yeah, let's go ahead and score this sucker. Don't bore us. Let's hear the chorus. Expendables, heroes, what you giving it? They were a little thin, but still really entertaining. So I gave it a seven. Oh, wow. We're way off. It's a 10 for me. Oh, 10 all day. Flawless victory. You, you added them up. See, I did like average. I like added them and then divided by <laughs> number of characters. I understand nope. that. No, I understand. Nope. Two different I was like, I get it. Stallone check, Schwarzenegger check. <laughs> 
Terry Crews, check, check. <laughs> there were guys I'd never seen before on the screen that were knocking it out of the park. There was Stallone that was knocking it out of the park. Yeah, it's full 10 for me. Okay, that's high marks. I get it. I get it. Like I said, I think it's interesting two perspectives. I feel like you did the sum of how much cool characters were, and that's perfectly legit. And I kind of took all the characters and then sort of gave them a mean average as a bundle. <laughs> so I, I get the difference, but that's no, that's cool. Well, all right. Well, we talked about Expendables. Let's talk about Tommy Boy there. What'd you give the hero for Jack Reacher Never Go Back? Now you got Tommy Boy stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fat man and a little coat. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm taken with this character. I like him in literature. I like him on the film. I'm giving him a solid eight. Oh, nice. Well, we're pretty close on this one. I thought that overall, you know, Tom Cruise had put this movie on my back and carry it through. I gave him a seven. Makes sense to me. All right. Well, that'll close out round two. Jared, go ahead and lead us into round three. Catch you at a bad time. All right, round three is the villain or villains. How menacing and or entertaining is this villain? So let's talk about the villains of the Expendables. What do you think? All right, so basically you have three villains in the movie. Eric Roberts plays that really, he's a really underrated actor, played the ex-CIA agent. I thought he was outstanding. I watched that again. I was like, whatever happened to Eric Roberts, man? <laughs> it was like, remember uh, Best of the Best? Uh, he was great in that movie too <laughs> i really liked him and then you had stone cold steve austin i think he was my favorite of the three he was tough man he was this tough physical guy he was throwing hands with stallone he was throwing hands with uh, couture just awesome tough physical menacing presence in the film then the general I don't know. I was kind of on the fence about the general. He's kind of sad. He's kind of pathetic. Like he was really evil one minute. Then he was like all emo the next. And he's kind of like, I'm searching for redemption. Like you shot like six mother in the back of the head, dude. <laughs> I think you're Helen gone past redemption. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird balance. Yeah. I got to admit, I was kind of glad when they offed him and chucked him off the balcony. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I'm not emotionally invested in this movie anymore. Uh, cleared it all up. Anyway, I've rambled on enough. What did you think, Jared? <laughs> so laughing at the thought of being emotionally invested in the Expendables. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I thought the general was wishy-washy. I thought Eric Roberts plays a great villain. He's like a snidely whiplash, mustache twirling yes. kind of guy. And Stone Cold was given as good as he got in those physical combat parts. So nothing more to add. I completely agree with you. Let's go over to Jack Reacher 2. What did you think about the villains of that film? I was thinking about this and I really couldn't remember any of them. I know there's the slimy guy that was ahead of Blackwater or whatever the... <laughs> Whatever the company was, it was supposed to be like Blackwater. Uh, there was that main lackey guy. Mm -hmm. I think he was probably the most interesting of them all. He was physically like, really, he was a match for Reacher, man. He was giving Reacher all he could handle. So I thought he was kind of cool. But other than him, you know, overall, it was pretty stereotypical bad guy stuff. So... I don't know. That's about all I came up with. What do you think? I completely agree with you. Again, I mentioned this on previous episodes. When we go back and watch movies I've already seen, this is one of the easiest categories for me to score because I'm just like, okay, how memorable is the villain? Well, what do I remember? You know, Hans Gruber on a scale of one to 10, he's like a 17. I remember every line he said. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's like, it's easy, <laughs> but I was thinking Jack Reacher 2, I don't really remember. And then as I watched it, through she's the second time, Dane Fenster. <laughs> I remember his German line. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Anyway, Jack Reacher 2, as I'm preparing to watch seconds, I don't remember anything about it, and I watched the film, and I go, eh, I know why now. Like you said, the physical match for him, the head, lackey, bad guy, was very good and very physical, but there was no depth to his character. I couldn't pick that guy out of a lineup right now. So, yeah, a little meh on the villains in Jack Reacher. I feel like they pretty much blew all their budget on actors on Tom and Kobe. <laughs> You're probably right. Like, Get that guy at the end of the street. He's not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, well, let me not be mean if you were in the film and you're listening to this show you all did fine uh, maybe it was a writing thing it just wasn't striking memorable the, the characters didn't feel that layered so anyway i think it's probably time to score it so let's go back to the expendables and get your trio of villains and give me a score please well we had three very unique flavors i landed on a seven seven and kind of like jack reacher i find most of the villains to be very paint by numbers and forgettable there's a little bit of charm there with stone cold steve austin and eric roberts so i gave it just above average with a six i can dig that i can dig that so jack reacher too we've already said they're fairly vanilla so what do you got Yeah, they were pretty vanilla, but I was tempted to go below average on this one, but the kick-ass karate guy landed me on a five. He did a little bit more for me just because his stunt work and his physicality was that good. And the guy who played the skeevy retired general for the contractor reminds me of every skeevy retired general I've ever met, so I probably... I know, yeah. I could like superimpose the face of just about every flag officer I've ever met on that guy's like <laughs> So I gave it a six, just a little more than you. But yeah, we're ballparking right along here. Speaking of which, that's going to bring us to the end of round three, and it is time to move into round four. If you're up to me, I'd just kill you. Round four is my personal favorite of the rounds, the overall spectacle. I mean, that's why we watch action films, right? I mean, Pretty right? much. It's the whole reason we're, we made the show. A, yeah. I mean, the heroes are cool. The villains are cool. But it's all about the explosions. How visually engaging is the film overall? The stunts, the effects, the cinematography, et cetera, et cetera. Jared, Expendables, mm. what are your thoughts? My thoughts. And I will remind the audience, Jared scores this basically on how often am I going to check my phone and my messages during your movie. And another big thing for me is, do you show me anything original, something cool I haven't seen before? And Expendables gives you a ton of action. It's a big, long action set piece. It falters just a little in giving me something I'd never seen before. I didn't see anything terribly original, but what they lack for in originality, they made up for with quantity. So it's going to end up getting a decent score. I thought there was a lot to see. What do you say? I agree with you 110%. I mean, we open the movie and a Somali pirate gets blown in half. (laughs) A Somali pirate gets blown in half, Jared. That was pretty awesome. If I hadn't already seen Rambo 4, where I saw multitudes of people get blown in half, I would have felt better about that. But it was still fun to watch. But that happened at the end of Rambo 4. (laughs) (laughs) This is open. Okay, fair enough. With a dude getting blown in half. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, man. I also was impressed, and I touched on a little bit with the Mickey Rourke character. I like how it managed to keep its heart in the story. He's got that one scene that is really good, as far as from acting chops and emotional. It really helps the whole movie a lot. Just that one scene. Yeah. And I could uh, sum it up in that one line is, it ain't easy being your friend. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it, man. But otherwise, you're right. It's one big, massive fight scene. But there was a wonderful mix of shootouts, car chases, you know, explosions, knife throwing. 
throwing, fist fights. I mean, it's just a gumbo of all the good stuff in an action film. <laughs> I think they even threw in an airstrike in there somewhere. I know, right? I was like, oh, this has got to be the end of the movie. No, there's more. This is just... <laughs> We're just getting started, man. It was awesome. So let's move on to Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Also not lacking in spectacle, um, but, you know, I'll let you talk about it first. All right. Yeah, it's got good spectacle, but it's a different kind of spectacle. While Expendables is flash, bang, boom, explode, car chase, plane strafe, explosions. Jack Reacher 2 has more of that physical man-on-man or woman-on-man because Colby Smulders did some good stuff in there, too. Physical combat. The combat is great. Their fight choreographer is outstanding. One thing that I do love to see in movies, and kudos to Expendables for this to do as well, Jason and I are both military men, so I like it when I see those real tactical moves. You know, it's fun to watch something like Desperado with fanciful, almost ballet-like gunplay. But it's also really cool to see the real stuff, the real tactical stuff, see someone who obviously has had training, knows what they're doing. And that's the vibe I get from Jack Reacher. Fun as heck to watch. Great fisticuffs. I will turn it over to you. Man, I don't really have too much to add about that. I agree with you. I thought the hand-to-hand fight sequences were just excellent brutal, well choreographed. I wrote the same comments down about the gunfights. These folks were actually using military style tactics, the way they held their weapons, both the heroes and the villains of the film. So obviously there was a lot of effort put into that, which I appreciate. And I thought the chase sequences were really well done. That fast pace through the airport and the rooftop chase there at the end, I thought those were all really well executed as well. All right, time to break out the scores. All right, Jared, overall spectacle for Expendables. What are you giving it? Giving it a strong score, although it didn't give me a thing that I hadn't really seen before, but it gave me a lot of stuff. You give me stuff I haven't seen before, you're going to get a 10. These guys get a solid 8. 8 for Spectacle. Nice bucket load O Spectacle. I suspect your score is higher. Let me know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) It is indeed higher. It is a 10. Flawless victory. As far as Spectacles go, man, that had just about everything. That was just like, it was an action buffet. And I will gladly make another pass at that buffet line. (laughs) I hear you. All right. What about Jack Reacher? What are your thoughts there? Again, nothing I hadn't seen before, but a really good execution of things that I've seen before. One of the things I think really helped the spectacle I forgot to mention was this is really a man on the run kind of film. Yes. And they did a good job with that kind of keeping that tension of man on the run. But again, I'd seen it all before. So it gets solid seven from me. I like it. It's good. Didn't see anything new though, but it's still solid seven. Very good score. I liked it. I'm right there with you. I scored it a seven as well. Exact same reasons. I thought it was well executed. Nothing outside of what I haven't seen before, but uh, very entertaining all the same. There we go. We got our first match of the show. Albrecht Brothers going seven and seven on the spectacle of Jack Reacher. And I can, you know, if it was, um, what do we say? Thriller film face off with that man on the run vibe. Maybe it was more, but got to give us the action. It's action film face off. <laughs> yep. Yep. And there's, there's a decent amount of action in there. I'm not knocking it. What action in there is quality, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's definitely in some places has more of a thriller and they even kind of tried to dabble in the drama to some mix of success with the maybe she is, maybe she isn't daughter storyline. Mm-hmm. Expendables didn't do that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll bring us to the end of round four. Jared, pick it up and bring us into round five. Some motherfucker. 
is always trying to ice skate uphill. Can do. Now, round five, I consider the most important round, although spectacle is really important. But man, round five is best action scene. You got to bring the heat. You got to show us a great scene. You got to stitch it all together and make us believers. You got to sell yourself to action film face off with this best scene. We got a lot of scenes to choose from in both of these movies. We do. Yeah. So I'm interested in knowing what scene you picked and why for The Expendables. Act three. Yes, correct. <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> In all seriousness, I said the final battle on Valena, on the island, but I know that is a long battle, so I've narrowed it down a little more focused. I love that fight in the tunnel. Yes, that's I, exactly what I have. <laughs> oh, man. That is great close quarter fighting. You got Sly versus Stone Cold. You got Hail Caesar in that automatic shotgun. Jet Lee fighting whoever that other dude was in hand-to-hand combat. You had Statham just like he was carving people up like it was Thanksgiving and they was turkeys, man, with that <laughs> knife. Mm-hmm. There's just so much awesomeness in that scene. It is incredible. I agree. That's all I have to say. I agree. It's a, it's a great scene. My favorite favorite little moment and if you blink you will miss it but it did give me one thing that i hadn't seen before that i really like statham busts out a pistol as he's doing knife fighting and kung fu crap at one point shoots a guy in the kneecap as the guy is falling to the ground he shoots the guy in the head before he hits the ground pop pop hiss that was cool (laughs) and then he goes back to work with the knife yeah that was cool my only complaint again aside from that split second thing that I saw from Statham that I went oh man that was cool it was nothing I hadn't seen before but again it was well done and there was a lot of quantity to it oh man that axe kick chopped to that dude's head man that was awesome Let's go over to Jack Reacher 2. Again, a lot of set pieces and action scenes to pick from. Which one do you like? You go on rooftop fight at the end. You go for that kitchen fight near the middle. Those are the two standouts for me, but I want to know what you have to say. You know, I was focused on those two, but I actually am going to pull a little wild card. Whoa, wild card. I like that cage match fight. Yes, when it goes it took off the, the one I had again. Three. Oh, man. <laughs> I tried, I tried to sneak you like, oh, you <laughs> into some <laughs> direction. <laughs> tried to misdirect. I did. No, Same one I picked. Dang. No, sir. Oh, the rooftop scene was great. The kitchen fight scene was great. But that cage fight was just intense. The lines, how he delivered those lines were great. I just wrote down here, I said, never bring a gun to a Jack Reacher fight, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Never bring a gun to a Jack Reacher fight. I You're going to get shot you. with your own gun. That's what I'm saying. You're going to get shot with your own gun. I was trying to trick you. I was like, oh, here's two really good scenes so I can come in and be like, I like the cage match. It'll be clever. But you got me. You got me good. Oh, goodness. Well, let's just go ahead and score them then. Uh, Expendables. We both picked the final scene. We both focused on the tunnel scene. Betting your score is higher than mine once again because you're much more in love with it than I am. Although I really like it a lot. What was your score? Perfect 10. <laughs> Victory. <laughs> I loved it. it you like this movie all- better than you like Terminator 2. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, as far as the action scene goes, I don't remember why I gave Terminator 2. I mean, it was really high, I'm sure. But as far, as far as the action scene goes in this one, it's, oh, it is way up there. I could watch that over and over again. Every character's doing cool stuff, and you're like, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? And it's just so intense and so much fun. My only wish was that their editor or cinematographer, director, I don't know who was directly involved in that, would have stepped it back just a little bit. It's so tight. Tightly edited and 
and so fast. It's not as bad as like those later born movies or Quantum of Solace where it's like I can't tell what's happening. No, I the can't. cameras are steady at least. Yeah, I you just can... wish it was pulled back a little, just a little less tightly edited because I sometimes I have just a little trouble keeping up. And while I appreciate a frantic pace because it's a frantic moment, I feel like I missed out on goodness, you know? Having said that, I scored it a very happy eight. So we're not that far apart on that one either. No, this I think that's it's top notch. Whether you scored an eight or you go all the way to ten, I think we're both saying put it in your Blu-ray press play, or if you're a millennial, you know, play it on your phone or whatever you do. <laughs> Check your brain at the door. Don't worry about the story. Don't try and keep up with it or try to decipher it. Just watch the action scenes. Yep. All right, Jack Reacher two one to ten. We both picked Cage Match. What did you score it? I give that one a solid seven. I thought that it was really well done really well executed you know not the best action scene i've seen or even the best fist fight scene i've seen but up there so i'm comfortable giving that one a seven and we're going to be lockstep there again i also gave it a seven kind of reminded me of the dirty harry movie that we did which one did we do the enforcer yes we did the enforcer it reminded me of that where it had a lot of good set pieces but nothing was super standout i feel like they should have poured just a little more heart and soul into maybe one of those we mentioned the kitchen we mentioned the roof we mentioned the cage match if one of those had a little more poured into it it could have been a standout lead but seven yeah particularly because we've seen what tom cruise can do in those mission impossible movies <laughs> yes <laughs> right you are correct it's like you're going three quarter speed man when a mission Let's impossible go. movie lands on action film face off it's going to be hard pressed to find someone that's going to defeat it oh man let's move into round six Round six is the deduction round. This is for the hits below the belt. The (laughs) reduction for the ridiculous. We're going to take some points off here. Maybe. I'll throw (laughs) it out to Jared. Are you going to take any points off for the Expendables? I am going to subtract one Kadan from the Expendables just for there being pretty much no story at all. I can live with that. But then when you try to shoehorn in some sort of weird romance, abusive boyfriend story, it just felt odd. Like, okay. There are tropes (laughs) and there are tropes. Yes. There you go. I just felt like, okay, I see you try to add some kind of layer to this. You went with the Statham character angle. You did the trope thing of the bad boyfriend. And okay. That's just a very pointed way of saying overall, there really is no story. While you're at it, don't try to force a story. So minus one. That's all I got on that. What do you got? I am also going to take off a point for that fact as well. And I'll even go a little little bit deeper because uh, Charisma Carpenter, who played the love interest to Jason Statham there, mm-hmm. she had a lead role in Angel as Cordelia Chase. I don't know if you ever watched Angel or the Buffy series. I have not. But I was just really disappointed to see because in that series, which is a brilliant series, by the way, she plays such a strong, noble character. And to see her kind of brought down to this stereotype, I just really didn't like it. I mean, I just I loved her in the Buffy in the Angel series, and I just did not like it. So it loses a point there. And then I also took another point off because of the Dolph Lundgren story. Not that Dolph Lundgren did a bad job. Yeah. Just, you know, he did a fantastic job, but it's like, where are we going with this? And I would have just really liked to have seen him in that tunnel fighting with the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> the third act of that movie. I definitely got a vibe of they were going to kill him off, and then halfway through the film, they were like, this is going pretty well. We should think about sequels. Let's not kill I him. agree. 
And let's yeah, make him our cute. friend again at too. the end. This guy tried to kill all of us, but let's be buddies at the end. You know, it's like, yeah, hey. he's obviously a drug addict, and, you know, <laughs> undependable, but, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So I'm docking too. What about Jack Reacher? Any negatives? <laughs> you... I suppose we're both going to have the same. I suppose we are too. Let me just say this. As a general rule, if you're a Hollywood producer, you listen to the show, you probably do because this is where you get all the hints and tips on how to make a good action movie. Here's a Hollywood don't. Don't put a whiny teenage girl in your action film. Okay? Just don't do it. Just don't do yeah. it. Yeah. It's just a bad idea. I get what they were doing. They were trying to give it some heart. And she's a fine actress, but her character, not the actress, she's fine. Her character, annoying. You just stay annoyed with her through the whole thing. You're like, you just keep making really dumb decisions. It's hard to watch. And again, if they tied it together, maybe a little bit better, like she revealed how she selected him for the paternity suit, so on and so forth. That whole storyline didn't hold together. Her character was ultimately annoying. And as I said at the front of the show, she was a boat anchor for this movie movie minus one again no slight on the actress she did fine just eh it weighed the whole movie now. Yeah, I agree. And again, I didn't read the novel. I assume that this is some sort of plot point within the novel. But from my perspective, watching the film didn't need to be here at all. They had a compelling story. They had two good lead actors. They should have really just kind of focused the energy on that story and the action there. I think it would have been a better film. Indeed, sir. Okay, so I'm taking one off for that. And I kind of hit on it before, but I'm, I'm going to officially take a point off for MPs do not conduct felony investigations. <laughs> for the army that's cid's job <laughs> somebody needs to do some better research <laughs> so i'll take a two off for jack reacher as well yeah you know that crossed my mind i guess as a movie watcher i tend to try to let that go because if i try to keep up with every military aspect thing hollywood often gets them wrong but you know what there's two military guys with a podcast on action film face off i'm deducting a point from myself for not being stricter on that <laughs> <laughs> Should have been stricter, but no, you called it right. You called it right. So you got minus two total? I did. Well, that concludes round six. The deduction round is closed. Jared, tally it up. Now, don't you worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face-Off. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode of Action Film Face-Off with a score of 74 to 64 is... The Expendables. Well, congratulations to The Expendables. Now, let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. 1991. This is our second go-around for 1991, because we had Terminator 2 before. That's right. That's right. And I will bring a film from... Choose Your Destiny. Feels like that was just yesteryear. (laughs) I like to point out that our randomizer is weird because it is never once, where are we, five episodes in? Never once has given you the older movie. I've always got the older movie. Yeah, you've always got a little bit older of a movie than I. And while we're at it, just as another interesting side note for Action Film Face Off, thank goodness for Jason's scores because I scored today's movies, Expendables and Jack Reacher 2, the exact same score when my tallies came out. So good. Thank goodness Jason had some more (laughs) definitive opinions 
opinions or else we would have been deadlocked. Anyway, we got 1991 and 2017 from the randomizer. So what will those films be? Well, we're not going to tell you. You're going to have to pay attention to our social media because we're going to tease them on the social media. And for those of you who want to watch before listening, we're talking to you, Dave. You can keep a lookout for us there. Or you can just go ahead and tune in next episode to find out. Until then, I'm Jason Weasel Skull Albrick, and you can find me on social media at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Pro. At Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all Yard Sale Artists. Now, be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to the Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much all your finer pod catchers. Or you can go directly to www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send us a question or a comment on this or any of our episodes, you can do that by hitting us up on social media at Longbox Crusade, on Twitter, or on Facebook or on Instagram. It's all Longbox Crusade. And if you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff in our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do those on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m., and that's Central Time. 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live. I hear no bell. <laughs> thanks for tuning in we appreciate you listening and until next episode you keep your head down and your knuckles up from the finest pedigree final legacy got all my opponents never see me gather up components of gladiator i'm rolling the mad ass hater my homie they know it from my poems i'm like cold like december when i get with your november i'm a rapper solo in the club with no members oh no i stay with that iron man i got a vision like avengers the intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Just head over to Patreon.com and search... That's right. <laughs> search Belch. Try that again. All caps. <laughs> so it... Dang, I'm, I'm patting it up today. <laughs> Yeah. I'm scared. Sorry to try this whole sentence again. The sentence that I wrote, by the way. <laughs> Gosh, damn. I'm power packing the power pack, 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 and power pack, pack. Do you know what? Stop. <laughs> Where's Dark Web when we need him? <laughs> I fucked that all up. Uh, take it to the top. All right. Quit fucking up, Jason. Here we go. They're going to start laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how winning is done. <laughs>